Hello world, I'm Rochelle Indra, a life coach here to teach you the shit they should have taught us in school but didn't. Our society has a vested interest in keeping you stuck and unhappy so that you will try to buy your way out of it. But that's where I come in. I'm here to teach you how to give them all the middle finger. Week by week, I'll share bite-sized strategies on tackling overwhelm, onboarding good habits, creating boundaries, and actionable steps to rewire your brain to actually work for you instead of against you. So my biggest video to date is, of course, my most embarrassing, my most self-conscious. I'm in my backyard, no makeup, in a robe, and I stitched it with another video. And if you don't watch TikToks, then stitching is that somebody makes a video so that you can cut their video and then attach your video to it. So often they ask a question and then you attach your video to give your answer to the question. So a man had made a video saying, what is something that an ex said to you that will stay with you for the rest of your life? And people did horrible ones. I mean, understandably, they did ones that people said horrible things about them exes. And so I saw that and I actually immediately thought of an amazing thing an ex said to me. And so I decided to stitch that. And it was about when I was with my ex-fiance, who I forget, we talked about him in another, I mean, we talk about him fairly often, but in another podcast and I named him because I obviously don't use his real name, uh, but try to remember what I named him and I can't. So let's go with Thomas for this episode and I'll see if I can remember Thomas. But for this episode, we will call him Thomas. So my stitch was with this, this wonderful memory I have with Thomas where we're in a shoe store and I was bending over to try on some shoes and I just noticed how big my stomach was and it was self-conscious and I just, and he was, he's a very, very thin man and I'm a curvy woman. And I turned to him and I said, you know, I have gained like 20 pounds in our relationship. Does that bother you? And I wasn't setting him up for failure. I was actually curious if this was a problem for him because he'd never said anything and he was very loving and very sweet and always said wonderful things about my looks and about being attracted to me. And he pawed at me all the time, which felt wonderful. So I, I didn't think it did, but I also wanted to acknowledge that maybe this 20 pounds had bothered him. And he turned to me and he said something to the effect of, you are so smart and you're so funny and you're so good to me and you help me in all these aspects of my life and you help me raise my children. He had children before our relationship. And he just started listing all these things that I did for him and added to his life. And then he said, so what the hell do I care about 20 extra pounds? And then he turned and started trying on shoes again, like it was no big deal. And that was an incredibly meaningful moment for me that I remember to this day, even though that was you know many, many years ago now. So I stitched that video just to show that like, you know, you can have exes that are exes, but they've still said wonderful things and, and made you feel really great and, and given you things that you can take with you throughout your life that it's, they're not all bad. So I didn't think about it too much, just put it on. And within a month, it had 13 million views. It's at almost 14 million now. Uh shit. 
I did not expect. I did not expect to ever have a video being seen. I mean, I don't know. I had a, maybe one or two videos at that point that had even gotten a million views. I mean, I don't know that I will ever, ever have a video that has almost 14 million views. So that was absolutely incredible. That's when people started to notice me and be like, oh my gosh, I saw this video of you. People started noticing me on the street and oh my God, I just was like, really? The one with no makeup where I cry a tiny bit and I talk about being 20 pounds overweight? Awesome. I'm so, so glad that that's the one. But I think it it really resonated with people. And something that I didn't expect that came from that video was that people kept saying, he sounds amazing. Why the hell are you guys not together? And many men made comments of, see, nice guys finish last. See, even when you're good to a woman, she'll still leave you. Of course you dumped him. Like just people just extrapolated. I mean, they have no idea if this man, this man could have passed away. This man could have broken up with me. He could have turned out to be a horrible man. I mean, there, there's so many ways that that could have gone, but it was amazing how much pain I saw in the men that answered of God. See, even when you're so good, a woman will leave you. And Again, I'm like, you have no idea whether if I left him or not or how that ended. And so many women saying, oh my God, he sounds amazing. Why are you guys not together? I mean, thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of comments about he's so wonderful. Why are you not together? To the point where then I had to make another video to talk about why we weren't together because so many people asked. I got to the point where I literally could not even answer all the questions or the comments anymore about that. And that video instantly got a million views. Like people were that interested in why a man could say such a wonderful thing and it could he wouldn't be the love of my life. And I got lots and lots of people then wanting to work with me after that video. I got just this huge influx. That might have actually been when I got my first wait list for one-on-one clients from that video because so many people had had that experience of ending a relationship with a wonderful partner. And that's what I want to talk about today because it was so meaningful to so many people, because so many people have reached out and said, I have had this experience or I currently want to leave my partnership, but my partner is a wonderful person. How do I leave a wonderful person? And I know this very well from this experience. Uh, Thomas and I, if you listen to this podcast, you know, I do talk about Thomas fairly often. We are still friends. He lives in a different state now, so we don't see each other often. Well, actually, he just recently moved back into Oregon, so um, I haven't yet seen him. He doesn't live in my town, but I will see him soon. I'm extremely close with his family. One of the other things that people asked in the comment section was, how did you stay friends with an ex-fiance? And that I think is something that a lot of us would like to stay friends with an ex-husband or wife. We would like to stay friends with an ex-partner. It's a very challenging relationship when you're an ex-fiance. I ended the relationship two months before the wedding. So how are we friends now? And I will say it took time and it took communication. For a while, we were, I mean, we were still doing the friends with benefits thing, and that was fun, but that sets you up for hurt feelings, right? For one or the other partner to have hurt feelings. We didn't talk for a while after we broke up. I ended, I said, well, you know, let's 
not get married right now. And then the, we were going to push it back, but then the relationship devolved and we ended up breaking up and we didn't talk for a little while though. He has children. And so I still was in the girl's life for quite a while. And that was really important to both of us because they were very, very young when I came into their life and I didn't want to abandon them. So I actually stayed close with the girls for quite a while. So we did, I did see them because of that, but he and I hadn't spent any one-on-one time. Then we started back to hanging out. And of course, you know, we still loved each other very much. So one thing led to another. And we, of course, were friends with benefits for a while. And that usually always ends badly. I didn't want it to end badly. So we sort of let go of that because that can get dicey. And we let time pass. We let a lot of time pass before we tried to be friends again. And we did deeply, deeply love each other. And we were great friends. We were fantastic friends. And I really missed that friendship. And I think he did too. And we are great friends now. And I know we'll be great friends forever. We are not friends that hang out all the time. I think that it would be harder to maintain the friendship if you lived in the same city as me and we hung out often. So we are not hang out friends. But when we're in the same area or we're both visiting his family. You know, we see each other then. We will talk on the phone. If I ever have an issue, I know I can text him, call him, whatever. And it took time. It took a lot of conversations and time. But what that second video that got a million views was about that really, I think, struck people and what I really wanted to focus on is this idea that somebody can be a wonderful person and wonderful to you and still not be your right partner. And that is something that is so freaking counter to what we are sold by Disney, what we are sold by society, what we are sold by Hallmark, this absolute fucking bullshit that you can get through absolutely anything if you love each other enough. That is not true. Oh man, do people hate it when I say that, but that is a hill I am willing to fucking die on. It is not true that you can get through absolutely anything if you love each other enough. You can if one of you compromises out of what you want or need. I say compromise, but I say it sort of in quotes because if one of you gives up on something. One of you lets go of a dream. And some people decide, oh, this relationship is more important than these other things in my life. And that's fine. But you can compromise yourself into unhappiness. And my one of my other podcasts is toxic compromise. And there are things that love is not enough to get through. And that is okay. We in our society in America, but I think really in lots of countries around the world, we decide the health of a relationship based on its longevity. And that is fucking bullshit because we all know people who have been married 20, 30, 40, 50 years who are miserably unhappy. And many of us have had very short relationships that were lovely and wonderful. My ex-fiance is one of the most wonderful human beings I have ever come across. I don't know if I've ever met a man who had a deeper, more loving, more understanding, more thoughtful, more caring heart. He is just a good, good man to his core. He's an amazing father. He's a hard worker. He loved me deeply and fully and unconditionally. 
and it still didn't work. And that is okay. Because I want to really emphasize this because so many of us think, God, if I love this person or if they love me, that is enough. I should be able to make it work. And we have this deep guilt or this deep shame inside that that we love this person, that they love us, and it's not working and it's not enough. And we feel like we just have to keep trying and trying and trying. And oftentimes we are just beating our head against the wall. And we don't have to do that. It is okay to break up with somebody who is a good person, who is a wonderful person. And when I ended, you know, I'd been divorced before that and then met Thomas and you know, had a really great, wonderful relationship. People adored him. He's a great person. He's got beautiful children. And I just thought when I ended the relationship, I just thought, oh my God, this is it. I'm going to go off of all social media. I'm not going to talk to my friends anymore. I was so embarrassed. I was so humiliated. I thought, you know, everybody would think I was such a failure, such a loser. People had bought outfits to come to my wedding. We had been sent wedding gifts. You know, we were only about two, three months out from the wedding. I had paid for everything already. And I just, I felt so deeply embarrassed and humiliated and what's wrong with me. And I just thought I would, I would just disappear. I would just disappear. And Lucky for me, everybody was incredibly supportive. I thought, especially after a divorce, people would look at me and what is wrong with you, this, that. Nope. Everybody, I was blown away by how supportive they were, even though he is wonderful, even though he is so lovely and he was so good to me. And that's right. That's part of how we can get stuck in something that isn't right for us long term. And he, you know, now admits it's been many years. We've been broken up uh, six years or so, six, seven years. He said recently he put me in some impossible situations where I was bound to fail and I had a lot of guilt and shame for failing. And it was nice to hear that. It took a while to hear that, but it was nice to hear that. And and we did not break up because of him and we did not break up because of me. We ended it because for us, what we wanted out of our lives did not match. For many, many reasons. Some of them was he was a nice, sweet Midwest boy that really wanted the dream, the white picket fence and the dog in the yard and the kids. By the way, I'm going to caveat and say this is my interpretation. This is not exactly. He's not here to speak for himself. We've had a lot of conversations about this. He's super supportive of me, of what I do and talking about things. But I do want to put the caveat in that this is my interpretation of this. This is not necessarily his interpretation. But he really loved that down-home kids in the house and the nine-to-five job and enjoying hiking and camping on the weekends and that traditional American life. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. That is a beautiful, beautiful life. And it is not the life that I wanted and that I saw for myself. I am, as you guys know, I'm somebody who loves to travel and change. I like lots of change. I love new experiences. I want to live in other countries. I want to pick up tomorrow and move here or travel here. I am somebody who's always craving new and different experiences in my life that change the way I view things, the world, myself. I'm 
so introspective so that I can then give that and share that to the world. Um, I realized that being a parent was something that even though he had wonderful, wonderful girls, that that really wasn't my calling. That really wasn't the best use of, of my energy and time and not really what I think I was put on this planet to be. I remember Oprah once said that what people give to their children is what she chooses to give to the world. I know for me, I could not do my job. I could not do what I do if I was a parent. That when I was a stepmother, I gave everything to that role. I gave everything to those girls. And I'm one of those people that when I do something, I do it to the 5,000th degree. And I didn't have anything left over for me or for my career or my passions or my things. And my passion is to help people. And I need that extra energy to do that. And I just realized that I have a lot of childhood wounds that I hadn't figured out and I didn't want to be a parent before I had figured out some of those wounds. Some of those childhood wounds, I don't want to figure out. I don't want to have to deal with. I don't want to have to dig up. And that is fine too. It just means I probably shouldn't be a parent and that is fine. Not being a parent has been one of the best decisions that I have made and those girls made it easy for me because they were so beautiful and wonderful and fantastic children. And I still realized, wow, this is not what fills me up, not what lights me up. So I don't think that being a parent is right for me. And he is a great father and adores his daughters and they deserve to have a stepmother and a mother that wanted to be those things. That had a passion and a love for those things. And it wasn't fair to those girls that that was not my love. They're too beautiful and too special to have to have a stepmother that was not all in. And I just wanted like such a fancy free lifestyle than he wanted. And that is okay. That is okay. And there was a myriad of other things that just, you know, I, I, my childhood wound is not feeling important. We all have a childhood based wound, not because I have bad parents. I have wonderful parents, but we all... Every single human, no matter what our parents were like, have at least one deep childhood wound. It's why I love the Enneagram personality types, right? It goes into those childhood wounds and mine is not feeling important to the people I love. And so for me, I don't believe that I can be in a relationship with somebody that has children under probably teenagers, right? but probably maybe even not children at all. I've been with, I've dated many men that have had children and it's just not worked out because I have this need to be the most important. And you don't get to be the most important when somebody has children. You shouldn't be the most important when somebody has children. And that was so hard for me. This is interesting because it's something I never thought I would actually be talking about the podcast, but you guys know how I do this. I end up talking about things that I don't think I'm going to talk about. Ugh. But I hope somebody else can relate. I hope that somebody else feels me on this because being a step-parent, man, there's a lot of shame that goes into that. And so not being his number one priority, some people are totally fine with that. For me, that was too painful to, to be able to look into my partner's eyes and say, I love you more than anything else on this planet and him not to be able to say that back because he's got children and they are his number one priority. I need something. They need something. They're going to get it as they should because they're children. But that was something that just hurt so deeply. I was like, I don't think I can get past this. I don't think that I can move past this. This is too painful for me. I think I need to be in relationship with a partner that can also say that back to me. 
that when I sacrifice everything that I sacrifice for that relationship, that person is sacrificing those things for me. Buddy in relationship for me, just for me, that's just who I am. Other people are fantastic step parents and none of this stuff bothers them, right? Because they have different childhood wounds than I do. But watching things be sacrificed for his children as they should be, and yet I'm sacrificing for him, he's sacrificing for them, I just felt very left out in that situation. No fault of his because he did the best he could with balancing that. Again, that was not about him. That was about my wounding in that situation. But there are other reasons why people can't make relationships work with a wonderful person. Some is culturally, right? People always say, oh my gosh, you're going to go to Europe all the time and you're going to fall in love with some Italian guy or Dutch guy or Irish guy or this or that. And maybe... But also there's those challenges that come with loving somebody from a different culture. There are things that people just can't get past because they are so culturally different. And sometimes love is not enough. Religion. Religion is another one. I was in in a relationship with a man years ago um, who really desperately needed for me to be Jewish. And I wasn't Jewish and I was not willing to convert. I'm very happy with my spirituality and I was not willing to convert for him. Maybe you could say, well, you just didn't love him enough. Or maybe I just wasn't willing to compromise who I am for any partner. That's how I look at it. I am not willing. There's a lot of things I'm willing to compromise for a partner. Hell, I'm willing to live in almost any country in the world for a partner. There's a lot of things I'm willing to compromise. There are things I'm not willing to compromise for a partner. The integrity of who I am, my values, my belief systems, the things that I want for a long, fulfilling life, I am not willing to change for a partner. I am willing to wait till I have a partner that has those same philosophies and values and belief systems. And if I don't find that partner, that is fine too. I'm perfectly happy on my own. And so I just wanted to tell that story in more detail for all the people who've been wondering about how this happens, how you can be with somebody who's so wonderful. And I think that's another reason why, um, you know, there was a lot of pain on both sides when we ended it, but why we've been able to stay friends because we did truly love each other so much and there was so much good stuff there. And I know we annoy each other too. Like I'll be like, ah, he'll say something like we have annoying little traits. Of course, there are things that I say because I'm very brash that hurt his feelings sometimes. There's things he does that annoy the fuck out of me. And I roll my eyes and I'm like, ah, you know, and I complain to his sister about and they're, you know, they're, it's, and that's the fun, silly things of life. But we have been able, luckily, to maintain a friendship because I think I'm a good person. I try. He's a great person. But we were not the greatest together. And even when we were great, we just had different things that we wanted. And it is okay to end a relationship with a wonderful person who loves you. I have freed up that wonderful man to find his perfect partner. That is another thing that we do when we are in a relationship with somebody, we end up holding them back from what they could go and find. And it's going to make me cry, but I love that man enough to let him go so he can find the perfect person for him, the perfect stepmother to those beautiful daughters that will just worship them and dive full force into being their stepmom. 
whether that's because she has her own children, which it will be so grateful to have such an amazing father for those children because he is a beautiful father, or whether she never got the opportunity to have children and is so grateful to get to have them. For him to find that partner that wants the same things out of life that he does because he deserves those things that I couldn't give him because of the things I wanted out of my life. He deserves those and I did not want to hold him back from that just because I loved him. Sometimes we have to love somebody enough to let them go so that they can find the best thing for them. And he has been in other relationships and I have sat single and watched him be in other happier, you know, more fulfilling relationships. That's hard. It's hard to do, but I'm like, oh, thank God, giving him that opportunity to find his happily ever after. And I hope someday that I'll be able to find mine. We'll see. But that's the other thing we do. We talk about this all the time. Sometimes we have somebody else's forever because we are too selfish to let it go or too afraid to let it go. What if nobody ever loves me like this again? And I go to that place. What if nobody ever loves me the way he did? Okay, that may happen and that's okay. I focus on how grateful I was to be loved like that, how grateful I was to love somebody that much in that way how special and wonderful that was. It didn't make it right for the rest of our lives. And we have both have opportunities to find that now and to have learned the things we've learned and to have a lifelong friendship too, which probably if we got married and divorced, probably wouldn't have. I am not friends now with my ex-husband. You know, if you listen to this and follow me, I don't speak of my ex-husband, not for any reason other than we are not friends, and so I don't feel it appropriate to really talk about him and go into that because I want to respect his privacy, whereas Thomas has been really great about what I do and sharing that and being open. We get to have that friendship now because we ended it when we did, even though that was incredibly painful. So I don't know if you need permission or validation that you did the right thing, but it is okay to end a relationship with a wonderful person because they're a wonderful person and they'll go out and they'll find their forever partner. And I hope so will you. Have a great day. Love ya. Are you somebody who identifies as female and you have been procrastinating on doing your work? You've been procrastinating on doing the things that you know you need to do to make yourself happier, to bring yourself more joy and more fulfillment in your life. And you keep saying, yeah, but I'll do that when the kids are older or I'll do it when I get to this place in my career. I'll do it when my husband and I are in the right place. I'll do it when future, future, future. The time is now. Think about joining the sisterhood group coaching that I do. It is a way to stay accountable to yourself, a place to take that deep breath for yourself in the month, to reorient your brain back onto focusing on you, which is where it deserves to actually be, and to do it in a community of women that are doing the same thing. We look forward to seeing you.